He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Zero of the day. I'm your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that's engaging and transforming, and empowering you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Follow us on all social media on Facebook. We are the Zero Network on Facebook, on Twitter, show handle Zero Radio. My handle, Lorenzo T. Neal, on the gram, and on Facebook, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Thank you so much for deciding to join us this morning. I'm going to jump into a topic that is is very impactful to me, uh, but relevant for us today. We talk about the lives that were taken by an act of hate, racism, and even though I don't like using this word, that person's mind supremacy. So we're going to talk about that and how it's been impacting this country and how the country can respond, how both sides of the aisle can respond and what 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 led up to this what buy what why are people buying into this idea of replacement of whatever they're calling it but anyway thank you so much for listening i want to invite you to if you haven't done so go to patreon.com sign up for become a patron for as little as a dollar a month go to patreon.com slash lorenzo t neal and show your support so let's get right into the topic of the day so if you've been hiding under a rock, you may not be familiar with this story. On um, this weekend, I believe it was Saturday, a young armed white man uh, dressed <laughs> in um, military fatigues um, that he put together himself decided that he would uh he decided that he would take it upon himself to commit a heinous act and i'm trying to use my words you know carefully because unfortunately you know we <laughs> we've gotten so super sensitive and he mapped out his route to this particular neighborhood in Buffalo, predominantly black neighborhood, to a grocery store titled, uh, Tops, and upon arrival, opened fire, killing at least 
10 in ring, um, three more. I'm approaching this delicately because it is very sensitive to me to know that families are grieving. And here we are just after Mother's Day. We're grieving the loss of these people. And I pulled up the names and the ages and uh, to see their faces, to know that they were just doing a regular routine on that weekend, to hear the testimonies and accounts of those who survived uh, by God's providence and to see the fear and terror on their faces as they're trying to recount that event to reporters and to hear the nonchalant words of reporters because they are attempting to, to be objective to further hear the division that comes as a result of that, you know, those who are fair-skinned and more right-leaning, trying to find justification for the young man's action, to hear media report it as a, not just as a mass shooting, but to, to victimize the perpetrator. It always amazes me when it's a white person, they victimize this person is a victim of their mind. This person, this this grown man, he's 18, but he's a grown man, victimized by such futility in his own life that he had to carry out a crime against others. And he's alive. And that's, that's, that's something in itself. And then to hear the disparities betwixt other crimes that happen where, unfortunately, the person who committed this crime or that crime that's similar in nature to this one that happened was black. And to hear the disparity in the reporting, <laughs> and not only the disparity in the reporting, but the, the length of the report, how long they actually lasted reporting that crime. It's, it's just amazing to me. But overall, this is a time for our country to grieve again. For those of us who can remember June 18, 2015, that Wednesday night, it brings, it brings us to tears because we know we felt it. We were hoping that we would never have to experience a tragedy like this again when it was a white shooter. And we're still hoping that we don't have to experience this again when it's a black shooter or if it's an Asian shooter or if it's a anybody. We don't want to experience it, and yet we have. You know, there have been well over 200 
uh, mass shootings just this year. Now, by definition, a mass shooting is only a shooting that involves four more persons that are injured, not necessarily succumb to those injuries, but are injured. And in every major city, and in even some of the most rural areas, this is happening. And um, as we all know, it is very much preventable, but we're not putting forth the effort to do that. And I'm I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. I, I just I just want to get this out first before I get into any commentary, before I get any into anything else, because there's some things that I just was frustrated by when it came to the reporting of this incident and how it's being handled. And yes, President Biden and First Lady Biden went to the community and expressed their grief and condolences and asked, you know, it's basically all they can do. Um, but it's still so much, so much. But anyway, let let me get on into the headlines. So this 18-year-old, I'm not naming his name because he's already got the fame that he wanted. As a matter of fact, no, let me hold off because if I get ahead, this show is only going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> but let me begin by saying the names of these victims. Roberti, Roberta Drury, 32. Marcus Morrison, 52. Andre McNeil, 53. Aaron Salter, 55. Geraldine Talley, 62. Celestine Chaney, 65. Hayward, I think that's his name, Hayward Patterson, 67, Catherine Massey, 72, Pearl Young, 77, Ruth Whitfield, 86. We call their names, we remember their lives. And we mourn their loss. The chains that have been broken in their community and in this country. That's who I'm lifting up. These are who we be we should be focusing on. The families of the these persons. The youngest thirty two. The oldest eighty six. And when I look at these faces, I see my neighbors. I see my members. I see my cousins. I see my uncles. I see my teachers. And I'm grieved, man. I, I'm really grieved by this because I, I know this could have been prevented. It really could have. And 
now these families have to lay to rest their loved ones. That shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that... um, Now, let me address this. I've called their names. I live in a neighborhood similar to that of that community in Buffalo. I live in a in a similar environment. And to know that here in Mississippi where you know we have that history to know that we don't have things like this happen says something. Why is it happening in the north? Why did these? Why did he and others like him feel the way they feel regarding uh, whiteness? And I know people have been calling him a white a white supremacist. Nah, he's not a supremacist. He's just a bigot and a coward. And to read, and I didn't read the whole manifesto. I. I I read a little bit of it, and I was greatly disturbed Um, because I know there are a lot of people like him who are rather unfortunate in their existence. So let's let's deal with the racial component. So, um, the racial component is more than the fact that he drove to the Kingsley neighborhood and randomly opened fire. Now, now that's not the, that's not just the racial point. The racial point is the fact that there are people, white people in this country, who are buying into the narrative that whites are becoming a minority. And that's true statistically. They're still a majority. They're going to be a majority. But regarding the way it's, it, it's being pushed is with the influx of immigrants. And it's not just immigrants from uh, the Mexican border. But they're talking about immigrants all across the board. Anybody who is non-Western uh, European, white Western European, is deemed unworthy in their eyes to become a part of America. I don't know where they get that from, but when they look at the statistics, and you can look at the 2020 census report, and you can see, yes, America has a burgeoning um, diverse population. And we're seeing that grow. And that's a good thing for America because these persons who are coming in legally are stimulating 
facets of the economy that are needed to be stimulated. They're coming in and they're filling in, in the gaps where necessary. And then, on the flip side of that, you have those persons who are coming from Haiti, those persons who are coming from Central America, those persons who are even coming as far away as some African countries in in distress. They're coming because they've always been told America is the land of opportunity. You can come here and become great. And that's always been the narrative. White people have bought into that narrative. Black people, Asian, Indian, we've all bought into that narrative that in some way America makes us great. In some way we could all pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and and live the American dream. That was what was promoted. And it's sad that um, there are persons who believe um, that if you're white and in America, your life is threatened. Your livelihood is threatened by this. And folks forget the history of America, the diversity that helped form this country to begin with. We only think about white Europeans coming to this country in 1619 and 1620, and that established what we know as America. But that's not true. We know it's not true. The persons who were here before, the indigenous people who were here before, were more civilized, more organized, and ready to assist these new folk who didn't know what they were getting into. And I always say, when we think about our founding fathers, the narrative is pushes just a bunch of white men. And that there's truth to that. But they also forget about the first person who unfortunately lost his life because of his desire to be independent, free from the tyranny of rule by another. Crispus Attucks, the first person to be martyred that spurred the cause for independence. Attucks was a slave, got free, bought into the idea that we can all be free in this new land and died for it. They leave that part out. So America's fantastical idea of what America is is under fire. Now, there are a whole lot of stories that you can just Google all the stories today. I mean, just Google all the stories and you'll find. People say, well, when we interacted with the shooter, we knew something was off. There are Facebook posts. There are uh, 
what's this called? Uh, he streamed, streamed it on his um, platform. And I can't remember what the platform is right now that he streamed it on. But anyway, Twitch, that's the name of Thank you, Twitch. Um, so he's streaming this. He's letting everybody know what he wanted to do. And the easiest way for Americans to consume this is to say that he is a white supremacist. That's the cop-out. This is just me. That's the cop-out. That's the easiest thing to say, that this guy is a white supremacist. The problem is that many of the people who are not just him, but on both sides, all sides of the political spectrum and ideology, there are people like him. They're not writing it down. They're not um, marching with with tor- tiki torches, <laughs> saying the Jews shall not replace us. They're not doing that. They're sitting in the political offices. They're writing legislation and promoting and voting and passing legislation that prohibit the full extent of the American experience to everyone. They are regurgitating narratives that are false but fancy. And they are saying this is isolated. This is an isolated case of a man who befuddled by his own existence carried out this heinous act of hate that's that's what those are going to say and the problem is we know that's not true we know there are black people who will, who express the same type of negative imagery and negative uh, emotional attachment to the narratives that were presented to them regarding slavery, bondage, Jim Crow, all that, and they want to sell their angst on the white people. We know that. It's less likely to happen. But it happened. Um, let me stay on, on my notes here. Uh, <laughs> the thing about it is that really disturbs me is some of the reporting that's been happening. It's been going forward. I was watching one of a uh, YouTuber got the amazing Lucas. You ought to check him out. He does some good reporting every now and then. Well, commentary, let me put it that way. I won't say reporting. But commentary regarding some social issues. Um, he 
brought up the issue of Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson's reporting on the incident. And how and I'm not lying. I was trying trying to get the audio so you could hear it. But the way Tucker Carlson reported this is this incident was not just absurdity, but completely misleading at the least. I'm gonna use misleading. Tucker Park Carlson said a teenager went into a store and opened fire on strangers. He used the word Americans, which sound good. It does sound good. This person opened fire on other uh, Americans. Left it at that. Instead of being explicit and said a white male intentionally went to a black neighborhood and opened fire and killed. Yes, they were strangers, but they were black people. It, it really it really had have us all having to really look at what's going on in our country. Let me I'm gonna take me a quick break so I can kinda collect my thoughts and get back to this and uh just kinda unpack it a little bit more and I'll call it in a day. So we'll take a break and I'll be back right after this. The last two years have been trying for all of us, and many, including myself, have sought out help from the wonderful therapists at BetterHelp. With thousands of professional therapists available, you can get quality and affordable counseling from the luxury of your home on your computer, mobile device, or tablet from someone near you. Help right at your fingertips with BetterHelp.com. So join me 
and others who have expanded their creativity, their creative lives, and made their passion into profession by joining Skillshare. Click the link, and I'll see you in the community. so much for thinking of our robbery to join us as we try to empower and liberate everyone who's listening and we appreciate you make sure that you take time to go to patreon and become a patron to support this show and also follow us on all the social media zero network on uh, zero network on facebook zero radio on twitter and dr lorenzo neal on facebook and instagram and lorenzo neal on twitter lorenzo t neal on twitter anyway Got a lot of that out of the way. Um, you could tell that I was kind of little. Uh, it it was rough on me trying to trying to get all that that I said earlier, and I just wanted to be clear. I, it was a little bit of a rant, and and probably yeah, not a little bit, a whole lot of a rant, but I I just hate where we have come to as a country, and so I want to address the big elephant. For those my brothers and sisters who identify as Republican, conservative, you know, right-leaning, I'm, I'm with you on that. You all, those of you who've been listening know that I am center-right when it comes to political ideology. I'm fiscal conservative, uh, moderate when it comes to social conservative things. I'm moderate. Uh, I don't fit in this Republican Party. I don't fit in this Republican wave that's happened. I don't fit in the Trumpism that has, you know, overwhelmingly bought into by a lot of, uh, been bought into by a lot of Republicans. So, um, and I, I'm not trying to, but, you know, with the rise of QAnon theories that happened in 2020 and all the other stuff that was happening in 2020 with um, information about voting fraudulence and all of that stuff and we later discovered that was not true and, but it still activated people and we saw the results of those that activation on January 6, 2021 and a lot of those persons who were there good people I'm like Trump, there were good people on both sides <laughs> uh, they, they, they were good people who believed solidly in their country and the uh, Christian principles they believed they were acting in and trying to um, quote unquote save our country take back our country make America great again whatever you want to use that that. but what the, what has tacked on to that in many things uh, it's just it's just crazy I, I talked about <laughs> in February, where the latest Q conspiracy was that John Kennedy Jr. and Donald Trump would come out and 
you know, again, regain the presidency with Trump as president and Donald, uh, not Donald, Donald Trump as president and John F. Kennedy Jr. as vice president. The problem, of course, is John F. Kennedy has been dead well over 20 years. Everybody knows it. But there were some diehard Trumpers who uh, bought into it, believed it, even came to the streets of Dallas to <laughs> promote it. And um, when it didn't happen, they were embarrassed. Well, I don't know if they were embarrassed, but it didn't happen. Uh, so a lot of these sincere people have been buying into a lot of false, inf- just terrible information. And one of these theories, conspiracy theories that has has been ruminating, especially since uh, 2020, is replacement theory. It's replacement conspiracy theory is the idea that um, it's basically white people are going to be replaced. And I said it earlier, you know, they're going to be the minority. And, and, and I don't usually like... Uh, uh, outlets like CNN I don't usually trust the information that's being put out by them but one of the things that I have to somewhat agree with them on is this idea the parallels that they're drawing between racist gunmen and the conspiracy to replace white people and I've come across two two articles both that have come as as a result of this uh, shooting the first one is by a um, representative, Adam Kissinger, who is from Illinois. He's Republican, um, and I don't believe he's running for re-election, so that may, it may be why he's uh, doing what he's doing. But he talked about openly, and he said that um, we've got to get out of this as Republicans. <laughs> he's blah- he said we've got to stop promoting and speaking we got to speak out and speak up against this replacement conspiracy theory. The idea that we are being replaced and all of that because it's getting people killed. And he says, this is his words, this is what he tweeted. He sent out in a tweet, the replacement theory that they are pushing, tolerating is getting people killed. Uh, he also added that... Um, the Republican leadership um, are not helping this, and some of this Republican leadership needs to be removed from office. Uh, and to give CN credit for saying that he's a critic of his party, yeah, I'll say that. But that's because he understands in this political climate, he doesn't fit it anymore. Think about Paul Ryan when Trump was elected. Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House, and he quickly realized, even after getting uh, a repeal on the uh, American Care Act, uh, I don't know what I mean, Obamacare, after they repealed that and celebrated, he still couldn't appease not just President Trump, but all of these new enthusiastic people who were supporting black and white, believe it or not, and I don't care what uh, national media promotes, there are a whole lot more black conservatives now because of Trump 
than now I won't say than historically because historically black people were Republican. They were staunch supporters of the Republican Party until uh, the the, the um, era of Roosevelt. You know, not Theodore Roosevelt, but uh, Franklin Roosevelt. And, you know, that shifted a lot of people towards that because, you know, they had jobs and there was a seemingly stability coming in a depression. And then they gradually moved toward a centrist position in the Democrat Party. And we're seeing that shift now from that centrist position that was mostly where black people were when it came politically. We were socially conservative. We were physically conservative, but we understood there was a need for the government to intervene, not just for things that would be beneficial to us as a people, but collectively, there was just some things the federal government needed to do that the federal government only could do. And so we started seeing that shift. We pretty much stayed centrist. Even though we voted majority Democrat, politically, ideologically, we stayed centrist. We, that's pretty much what we were. And we're seeing that that divide um, since Trump and actually since Obama. After Obama's second term, we started seeing a lot of black people getting frustrated because he could talk, he could, he had charisma, but he wasn't doing anything for us collectively. And he has his supporters and detractors that's neither here nor there. But more black men in particular started shifting toward conservatism because they saw what was happening, the Me Too movement, they saw what was happening regarding the LGBTQ plus community and they saw the intentional neglect of both parties largely for them. But then when Trump came in, they found a voice kind of like this machoism that they needed to find and you saw the expansion of uh, the men going their own way movement or I forgot the acronym but you know saw the expansion of this alpha male into the, the social media sphere that rolled over politically and so you had a lot of black men who were beginning to identify and lean more toward conservative and that's all they could do. And they found, they believe they found their voice. Whereas a lot of the more feminine and female black population began to shift more toward a progressive ideology because it fit into the narrative they believed they needed to have. And that's the conflict that we're having. Now, what does that have to do with all this <laughs> replacement conspiracy theory? It's because, um, oh, let me get let me let me stop and get to the other article on CNN uh, dot com that addresses this specifically. Um, um, where it defines where it defines uh, replacement theory and the motivation. Okay, 
uh, and the GOP definition or version. So, replacement theory and motivation, according to a 180-page 100 page document posted online, attributed to the shooter, he was fixated on, words, on this theory, the idea that whites are being slowly and intentionally replaced by minorities and immigrants. All right? So, this is what he attached himself to. And um, the conservative outlets like Fox, OAN, and Newsmax pushed this. They pushed it out there. Their pundits would get on the show, and though they wouldn't say explicitly, they would allow their guests, the, you know, the commentators to really push this idea out there. Um, and the leadership especially Marjorie Green Taylor was is one of those most outspoken ones but there are others she just gets a lot of attention and i think she she was she was trying to be the uh AOC of the Republican party that's pretty much it but it's this idea of white nationalism not just anti-blackness, anti-Semitism, but, and I'm not using, I don't want to use the word supremacy, but it's this idea that they are being erased out of spaces, media, you know, uh, corporate leadership, because of the idea of Equity, diversity, and inclusion. And there's another letter, that little word that's been added to that just recently, and I can't think of what that is. But the focus and the shifting on equity, diversity, and inclusion, and I've done trainings on this. I've facilitate, facilitated trainings on this uh, from my perspective. As a black man, I'm not really interested in diversity and inclusion. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Because, one, if we are too diverse, our whole system is is oversaturated with a sense of enableism. And that can be good or bad. But at the same time, what that really means, when we talk about diversity, inclusion, and equity, it's more geared toward now sexual identity more than anything, because those are the those agencies are pushing that. Those are the ones that push us to get that into mainstream, right? And there are cis white men, cis white women, who have this incredible sense of obligation to ensure that they are being accommodating. And there's nothing wrong with that. Can't fault them for that. You know, they're trying to be as accommodating as possible to make everyone feel that they are all well, welcome, loved, and accepted. And that's good. But the counterpart of that is what we see. This idea that uh, some white people of all uh, ideations, and identifications still feel 
that this is negatively impacting them directly, and they're acting on it. Unfortunately, this this kid acted on it with deadly results. And um, and this is just. I don't know what the little dude. I don't know what the little dude is fussing at or who he fussing at. <laughs> but he interrupted my show. <laughs> I, 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 one big proponent of this, I, and I said it earlier, Tucker Carlson, the biggest proponent of this. I used to love watching Tucker Carlson. I think he was he looked like a fresh faced college kid, right? And, and I wanted him. I wanted to believe that one day he would really be balanced and that has yet to happen. You know, he keeps pushing these narratives and he doesn't do it directly. He, the, the way his writers and his producers do it and he himself do it is very slick. But, you know, using that, you know, the fact that they will say, you know, Democrats are importing voters. That's why they're inviting all these refugees. The more refugees we get in for them uh, while they're in power, the more they can convince them to vote Democrats. And, you know, it sounds good to hear that, but we know that's not necessarily true. Folk catch on the schemes. Eventually, you know, the immigrants are going to think those who are coming in, those refugees who get this status, uh, they're not going to be thinking, you know, this party gave me this, so I'm going to be loyal to this party. No, they're going to be thinking, I got away from regimes similar to this, so I'm going to think independently because that's why I came here. They will, they will learn and they will condition themselves to find their voice in America's political system. And I guarantee you, when they do find their voice, it's not what some pundits believe it's going to be. I think about all the Africans who come over here who are ultra-conservative. I mean ultra-conservative. They fit right in with the conservative narrative. And yet, these same white conservatives, their imagery of these Africans who come in is negative. Same thing with a lot of Mexicans, uh, Central Americans. They come in even more conservative. They're not progressive. They don't believe in women's rights. I'm not, well, let me take that back. <laughs> Their concept of women's rights it stems from the environment that they were conditioned in and that they were, they were trying to get away from. And so it may appeal to a younger audience, but to an older audience, no, they ain't, they're not going to buy into that rhetoric. And even if they do buy into the rhetoric, it's only, uh, it, it's not chronic. It's not long-term. Eventually, when they achieve the American dream, when they build wealth, generational wealth, they begin to realize, no, I've got to protect my, what I built. I've got to protect it. And it's conservative principles that that correlate with that. And for these white Republicans and white conservatives who buy into this, 
I'm not going to be like some of my other black brothers who said that they're ignorant, uneducated, uninformed, and driven by this this mania. When we think back to the Civil War, you know, you had blacks fighting for the conserv- for Confederacy out of obligation because they didn't want their they didn't want a loss. They they had no sense of belonging outside of what they were conditioned to as slaves. They see the masters going off the war. Well, we're going to help master because our sense of hope is built in that. And then on, at the same time, you had those who were slaves like, no, we're trying to be free of master. We'll fight against master if it guarantees us freedom. And they did. And they achieved that freedom only for those same people who they were fighting for to strip that freedom from them. <laughs> so for black folks, we, we can't win for losing. We can arm ourselves. We can put better systems in place to prevent things like this. And yet we will still see a self-imposed genocide happen. But our own sons and daughters taking their lives by by gun violence. And we'll continue to see persons who really elected officials who don't have our best interest on both sides of the aisle. Because we're gonna be we're gonna be <laughs> cooning from one side or the other, but we're gonna be cooning. Uh, we have to be careful. See, because as this CNN article points out, race is enmeshed in the political tapestry of America. And, you know, we could we could try to put more effort into, you know, clearly defining hate crimes and making sure that hate crimes are easily able to be uh, handled within the justice system. We could, you know, put, and I do like this idea that is presented in a CNN article about uh, accountability from social media companies. But the the reality is, you know, some of the biggest pundits on social media like Twitter and um, well, just Twitter. I'm going to leave it at that. Those those people, these influencers, they don't have a reason to be accountable. The social media companies don't have a reason to be accountable. And with all the, you know, let's talk about uh, First Amendment rights and all of this stuff, free speech and all, all of that in recent discussions. What's being left out of it is that these influencers know how to manipulate the persons who are putting out this rhetoric. Understand that the rhetoric that's being put out is intentionally divisional. And people know this. People are smart enough to pick up on it. And I know 
uh, media outlets are smart enough to pick up on it, but they know it's going to also create ratings if they keep stirring the pot. The more we report on this white guy killing all these black people, the more people are going to watch our shows, and the more we have pundits putting out. Y'all just disregard him. I don't know who he fussing at. <laughs> the more they have their pundits put out this information, misinformation, intentionally uh, allowing people to engage these messages and the rhetoric. So, what 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 can we do? What's the, what's the option that we have? The option that we have is to be vigilant as Americans, black and white, red, yellow, however we identify, to be vigilant, to put out the, the reality of who we are. We're diverse. We antagonize each other for play, for ratings, and we do it because that has been embedded into our DNA. And the less we engage the negative stereotypes, the less we engage the negative rhetoric, and the more we just interact with other people. Get out. Talk. Get you that one black friend. <laughs> Get you that one white friend. Get out and talk. Learn about each other. Read. Get real American history into our classrooms. And then we can really grow. We can really be who we are. Say we are be. That's what that's what we're called to do. Y'all should see how my dog is looking at me. <laughs> He's like, what's wrong with you? He's just got this look like, man, you okay? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, I'm good, man. I'm good, little dude. All right, you want to come in? Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> I think he said, hey, get off that thing. Whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing. Let's play. So I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to play with my little dude. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Listen, I'd love to hear your feedback. Send me an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on this show. Um, leave comments on the platforms that you're listening on. And, and just let us know. Let me know. All right. And also, make sure that you support the show by becoming a patron and listen to all archive shows. This is available on all streaming platforms. And we thank you for your support. And having said all that, good day, good day, and I'll see you later.
Thank you again for listening and tune in for another great show.